Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Between Two Pods. My name is Slade. This week, I'm joined by Still Loading Podcast. Hey, how we doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I was uh, catching up with some of your episodes, one of them on Retro World. Which oh, you, with, uh, yes. with Bill? Yeah, yeah. If you can't tell, I'm a big fan of uh, gaming and collecting. It's one of my favorites just for the uh, chaotic energy. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I brought a little bit of the chaotic energy that normally I'm like the, the dry humor person, but me and Alex are just making build like trying to desperately keep him to make him keep the show on the rails oh it's it's a great time always uh but would you like to tell everybody josh about your show and you know what you do yeah so uh my name is josh koval i'm the host of a video game podcast called still loading it's been going on for over nine years now which is just uh bonkers to me that i'm still doing this but uh yeah it's a i describe it as a gaming grab bag podcast i do a little bit of everything i have deep dive retrospectives on individual games i interview people in the industry i um i've had a couple music episodes i actually i also do weirder ideas like uh did an episode called the final fantasy fantasy draft which is what happens when final fantasy and fantasy sports mix uh but you don't need to know about anything about fantasy sports so don't worry it's just uh you just have to love final fantasy and you will enjoy that episode i promise so yeah that's still loading uh, it's a like i said gaming grab bag a little bit of everything but w- predominantly with a focus on uh retro gaming and video game history and culture and stuff like that awesome awesome everybody make sure to check them out but after we get done with these questions though and the first thing i want to first of all nine years right that, that was yeah. one of the first things i noticed about your podcast yeah. is how long it's been going on uh the majority of people i talked to this all started during the pandemic when i think there really was a spike then because everybody was bored at home and yep it was a so, cool thing to do so really the the question to me then is uh, why do you podcast like could you tell me why podcasting and i i've brought this up before to other people where i say you know there's plenty of other mediums you could have chosen like let's plays or youtube walkthroughs or some people you know do the uh like deep dive three hour videos on some subject you've never heard of before but why yeah. podcasting as <laughs> why podcasting um well one uh is because it the barrier to entry is a lot lower than almost anything else in terms of content creation like twitch streaming you could maybe make the argument the barrier to entry for that is slightly lower uh but even then like you you don't you need a capture card and stuff like that so it might be a little bit higher it's it's they're at least on par but streaming really wasn't a thing when i started podcasting so i mean it was definitely there but it just wasn't twitch was not the juggernaut that it is now so um didn't really do that i did try my hand at let's plays and i found that trying to be funny for like this was back in excuse me this was back in the days when like youtube barely allowed long format videos so you could only like that's why game grumps always release their episodes in 10 minute segments because that was like the max length you could get of a video at the time or something close to that and I, I did try my hands, my hand, excuse me, at Let's Plays, which you can find some of the older ones on the Still Loading Podcast YouTube channel, but I don't recommend checking them out. They're a little cringy. I feel like, you know, they're also nine years old at this point. But um, so I, I didn't really enjoy that. It, just having to be on, I don't think I'm funny enough to really warrant uh, that. And what ended up happening was I started podcasting for a few reasons, but what has stuck 
the reason I've stuck with it and the reason I guess why podcasting specifically is barrier to entry and also podcasting is a really intimate medium um, right you when you are watch when you are listening to someone you are inviting them kind of into your personal world so it's a lot more of a conversation between you and the listeners even though it's one-sided and there's a little bit of a parasocial relationship going on but I, I like it because it's you're listening to friends having conversations and that's always fun for me and so when I started my show it was just me and my friends talking about video games I would try to to you know talk about game history i would try to emulate some of my favorite podcasters which you can kind of tell i'm very retronauts influenced by how i kind of structure my episodes right but um that's kind of like why i ended up doing it and what it's turned into now is i just enjoy talking about games in a really like uh deep and i, I like to analyze games that's what i'm trying to say i, I really enjoy being able to pick a pick a part of video game and talk about what i like what i don't like why i think certain design choices work what i find interesting about the history of the game um a whole number of things like that and it's just fun it's just a lot of fun to do that and so pot why podcasting it's because barrier to entry and it's just fun to be able to sit down with friends and talk about something that would be totally ridiculous to talk about in any other context like you don't go to hang out at a bar and discuss diablo for like two and a half to three hours but right. on a podcast you have a forum to do that so i, I like that because it'll, it allows for a productive feeling it allows you to feel productive while also having conversations that you want to have so yeah that's a very long-winded answer of why i like to why podcasting okay i mean it's a great in-depth answer you know like i told you before we started recording it's your episode you can give me a one-word answer if you want to. You can go all well, day. Well, that would suck for you. <laughs> Why podcasting? Because it's cool. I like, yeah. I like it. It's fun. <laughs> well, that's why I have so many questions, right? <laughs> it's a smart so, choice. Yeah. Uh, so what what was your first game? Like, what got you into gaming, right? Mm. So I always say first game, you know, maybe like first core memory of gaming, right? It's hard to pinpoint which came first. I have a bunch of games that really come to mind. There's a bunch of games that I played a lot of as a kid. Um, I would say one of the core gaming memories I have was going over to a friend's house, or a friend's house, a friend from church's house, and they had their NES and Super Nintendo set up down in the basement. Okay. Uh, we didn't have any video games. My family did not have any consoles at the time. But I remember, I distinctly remember us um, playing the, like either the original Super Mario Brothers. It might have been three. I think it was Super Mario 3. And I had never seen a video game prior to that. Right. And it blew my mind what I was seeing on screen because in my mind as a kid, I'm like, this is like a cartoon that I can control. And... I never, I was like, I didn't, I don't understand how this is possible. Like, what is this witchcraft that allows me to control the things on my TV screen? What, how is, I didn't know this was possible. What now, if this is possible, what else is possible? Like, it would just, it opened up my imagination as a kid. So I think I would have to say that was my first experience with games that I, that I remember. But I also still remember, you know, like, 
we had a Macintosh computer, a Mac Performa from the 90s, and we play this game called Power Pete, which is this amazing, like, top-down run-and-gun shooter that's immensely fun and super goofy, but I loved it all the same. And it, I think it was Mario, but it also could have been that, and it also could have been uh, my neighbors had a Sega Genesis, and I fucking loved that thing. I loved the Sega Genesis as a kid. So, yeah, uh, earliest earliest gaming memory or formative memory, I guess, because I, I distinctly remember being in my friend's basement, my church friend's basement, seeing Mario 3, so I'm assuming it has to be that, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that kind of mix and mangles, mishmashes right. all over the place with that time. Right. So... Moving on there, because again, one of the other things I would like to know is uh, what's the best genre of game for your podcast, right? Is there something I know? I know you're a grab bag, right? But is there something yeah. that like pulls more in depth episode compared to other games? I mean, we're kind of a grab bag as well, and so like we did an episode on uh, Pokemon Snap, the '64 one, mm -hmm. and I in an hour long episode, I think in about two minutes we ran out of things to talk about. So we just started discussing which one of us would give the best blowjob. <laughs> you know, that's what it turned into. You know, that kind of format of a game doesn't make for a great episode. It's memorable See, for I that I actually reason. disagree. If you, you <laughs> shout out to previous guest of your show, Rick Firestone from Pixel right. Project Radio, him and I did a Pokemon Snap episode that lasted an hour and a half. Right. Um, and the entire thing is Pokemon Snap related. Uh, I that, that's not me trying to throw any shade. I swear, sir. I'm not trying, to, but I'm just saying, like it, it, it I think, it, I mean, to answer your question, it depends on the it depends on how you look at it because every podcaster is different. But like you said, you you specified for my own show, right? I would say for myself, um, games that serve podcast formats better would be any RPG. Uh, platformers can do really well depending on how advanced or how complex the mechanics are right but at the same time like uh chris copeland from retro hangover we did a hour-long episode on russian attack for the nes which i didn't think was possible but we found some way of for the most part staying on topic with that too um i don't know like what genre would work best i would say it has to be rpgs just because you can go so much into the analysis of the story the thematic material of the story you can also talk about the different battle systems what works what doesn't work um you know earlier this year i guess at the time this comes out it'll be almost a full year ago at this point but in january of 2023 i did a series called the winter of final fantasy which was just me exploring my formative final fantasy games which was seven eight, eight and nine right and i had a lot of fun breaking down all those games battle systems because they're all so unique and varied and different and most rpgs have something like that if it wasn't if it's not rpgs possibly like metroidvanias because metroidvanias always have such different uh battles like you know mechanics that you use in order to traverse and explore the world uh your power-ups are always so varied if it's a good one at least um there's usually other mishmashes of genre put in like you know like dead cells is a roguelike metroidvania sort of right um stuff like that so i would have to say either rpgs or metroidvania which is my personal favorite this is a cop-out and actually no no i do have one i was gonna i was about to say this is a cop-out answer and i don't have one but you know what i do have a favorite genre platformers i love all okay. oh, like 2d 3d give me any of them i i love 2d and 3d platformers i love just i love all those ones i like how they 
I like the mix up of them or uh, the ones that experiment a little bit with the formula. Um, so I guess Metroidvanias kind of fall into that a little bit because there's some platforming elements, but I wouldn't necessarily, they're like, they're exploratory not, platformers. Yeah, but, you know, not platforming in the different. traditional sense, but like, yes. ex- right. So, so, yeah. Kind of rolling off from this one. What's the game you'd like to bring back? And I, I kind of, I don't want to lead the witness, but I kind of do. Do you, you're a big Ratchet and Clank fan, just yeah. like I am. I would love to see more. I, I would love it. My PS5 begs for more. Please and thank you, Insomniac. I mean, they did just release one in 2021, so it hasn't yeah. been that long. Um, I wish I had a PS5 to play one. I don't have a PS5 yet, sadly. Um, nor do I think I'll be able to afford one anytime soon <laughs> uh, with some of the stuff we were talking about off mic. But um, right. the... Uh, yeah, I, I would say a, a game I want to see brought back. I mean, the thing is, like, I I wouldn't say Ratchet and Clank because Ratchet and Clank's still here. They just had a game out two years ago. Do I want more? Always, one hundred percent. But like, I don't think it necessarily needs to be brought back per se. No, I think they could do like one of those classic collections, you know, where they put three games in one. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I think they could do that with it. There's a lot of games that like have not seen any re-releases in quite some time. Uh, obviously, the original three and Deadlocked saw HD remasters on the PS3, but none of the PS3 games are available on other systems, at right. least not easily. There's also the PSP game, Size Matters, great mm-hmm. game. <laughs> um, <laughs> all their innuendos, man. Did you know yeah. uh, the the game All for One was going to be called Four Play, Ratchet and Clank Four, like F O U R. No, but that's really funny though. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go with it because of censors, ruining uh, everyone's fun. That's it's like uh, I forgot who it was. It took them a while to figure out that uh, Rift of Rift Apart is a play on Rip the Fart. I did not know that. I, I'm so happy. Okay, you know what, Insomniac, you, you, you're winning me back already. I mean, you didn't. I wasn't far away, but you're winning <laughs> pulling, me back. Anyway. Pulling you right back in, right? <laughs> yeah. Once I can get a PS5, man, that's that's a goal. But it's a, uh, it's a fun. It's a really fun game. Uh, Rift Apart is really fun. I I love. I mean, the Ratchet and Clank formula. I think is some of the best platforming out there. It's a, it's the perfect combination of platforming and shoot 'em up, or like shooter. It, it, with some mild RPG elements. I've, I've always said I think the second Ratchet and Clank game, Going Commando, is the one that really cemented the formula going right. forward. And then, if anything, maybe Into the Nexus kind of reinvented the formula again because it had those big open areas with jetpacks that you could explore. I think it started in Into the Nexus, I want to yeah. say, um, and continued on with the Ratchet and Clank remake in 2016. I don't know. Is do they have any of those like open jetpack areas in a Rift Apart? Not really, but kind of like the the traces are still there. If that makes sense, mm. the traces yeah, yeah, are yeah. still there, but not really. And the space combat's still a thing. Um, to answer your question directly, though, which game or series would I like to see brought back? Mm-hmm. There is a game called that is I. It's a it's a hidden gem called Metal Arms Glitch in the System. It came out on the PS2, GameCube, Xbox. It was in that generation of consoles. Right. It's a third-person shooter where you play as this character named Glitch, who's a droid, and it's in this like sci-fi world. It's a really fun uh, third-person shooter, really fun mechanics. You have it's super advanced for the time in terms of uh, the types of things you could do with it. Like They would have... Um, 
you you would since you're a robot you would ha- you can literally just hot swap the weapons like you they're like okay. grafted onto your robot arm and you just literally like take them out and put it in your bat in your backpack that can seemingly hold in and in like an in, oh my gosh uh, an infinite number of things and you bring another one out, pop it on, that kind of thing. Um, you could also, you had this uh, item called the control tether. What the control tether did is that you would, if you snuck up on an enemy, it sounds dirtier than, than I intended, but you could shoot it into the enemy's D port. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Oh, they knew. Trust me with a sense of humor in that game too. They knew what they were doing. Um, <laughs> But you could shoot it into the enemy's D port, which technically is correct for computer tech too. Like you can, that's a, it's what you do. What happens when you shoot it into the enemy's D port? You take over their body for for pretty much permanently. But you have a range, a radius, like where your body drops. So the closer you are to them when you use the control tether, the farther away you can you can guide that guy around. Um, and there's different types of enemies. There's also damage location on the enemies where, like, if you're running around and you shoot one of the... The bad guys are called millbots. If you shoot one of the millbots in the arm enough, then it will it'll either blow off completely or if you don't do enough damage to blow it off, you can just uh, make basically... You can basically injure them, sort of, right. where they can't... They don't have full control of their arm, so... They'll have their gun aimed at you, but if you damage it enough, it just starts waving around and they can't control it. So they're just they're staring at you trying to fire and they're just shooting their gun all over the place. And it's extra funny when the millbots, they only have a one type of weapon they can have. So it's not like you where you can hot swap. If you are fighting a right. millbot with a machine gun, that's all he's going to be able to use, except his other arm can throw grenades. There are millbots with rocket launchers grafted into their arms. So if they can't control the direction of their arm as they have a rocket launcher on it, sometimes they just shoot it into their own feet and blow themselves <laughs> up. Same thing with grenades. Sometimes if you if you damage their grenade arm enough so where they can't control it well, they'll throw the grenades right into their own feet and uh, and blow up. There's different types of weapons. Basically, you know, like scatter. There's like shotguns and machine guns. They have their own names for them, but for all intents and purposes, there's shotguns and machine guns. The sniper, all the, or all the weapons you can actually upgrade. The sniper rifle is called the rivet gun, and you can upgrade it so the bullets explode after impact. So it'll hit the enemy, do some damage, and if it doesn't kill them, the, the rivet that's stuck in them will explode and do more damage. There's okay. lots of cool stuff about it. It's a really fun game, got a great sense of humor, and and unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever see a sequel because they were bought by Blizzard. And oh, no, <laughs> no, you're not, getting, you're not getting anything. Nope, it's gone. But Metal Arms Glitch in the System is one of the best games I've played and it's no one talks about it. It's it's kind of a shame. It's a really good third person shooter. It's it's also going to great because that covers another question I had, which was what's a game uh, not enough people talk about. So you kind of answered. You got a little twofer there. There you go. I, that's a, that's a, <laughs> how you know you have a good guess. Or no, I shouldn't say that. That's a little egotistical <laughs> of me. <laughs> ah, excellent guess. Excellent guess. So one of the things that I would like to know is who's your dream guest to have on. It's um, a damn good question. And it, it doesn't have to be another indie podcaster, by the way. I just want to completely rule that out. It could be anyone. That's right. I hate indie podcasters. I'll <laughs> never choose them again. Uh, 
Now, um, so I guess one of them would be Matt Gorley. Matt Gorley is a it's pretty well known in the podcasting community. He works for Earwolf. Um, he is the producer on Conan O'Brien's podcast, but he's been in the podcast game long before Conan O'Brien ever started his. He is part of a troupe, uh, improv troupe, or a sketch comedy troupe, excuse me, called Super Ego, and they've been doing podcasting since like 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, they, he's also does an, an insane number of podcasts. James Bonding, which is one of my favorite podcasts, he is he does a podcast called Mall Walking. That's still running. It's just him and his friend Mark McConville just recording themselves walking through malls. It's actually kind of awesome. Uh, they that branched off of that's all part of the same feed that mall walking podcast is on the same feed as a podcast they did called pistol shrimps radio which okay. was him and his friend mark doing play-by-play of women's rec league basketball but the thing is neither of them neither of them know anything about basketball <laughs> so every time like one of the one of the players were going up to do a free throw they were, conf- they were at first they were confused like it looks like they're praying so they started doing free throw scriptures and they just would make up <laughs> fake bible verses every time someone's doing a free throw it's a wonderful podcast he has uh he, he does so many i could keep i could keep listing him he has a very large um large catalog of podcasts the last one i will shout out though and i, I don't know if it's behind a paywall anymore i think it's coming out or recently is no or recently is now not part of a paywall or something like that he had a podcast called i was there too like t-o-o okay and the premise of it was is that he was interviewing people who had small roles in famous scenes in cinema history so perfect example in star wars when obi-wan kenobi does these are not the droids you're looking for he got he interviewed the stormtrooper that obi-wan did that to that's really cool right that's really cool. So it's a wonderful podcast. He interviews a lot of amazing people. Uh, he's also a huge James Bond fan, which is how I found him because I'm a big James Bond fan. So yeah, Matt Gorley would be probably an all-time guest. I've tried to contact him a number of different ways, have not been able to get a hold of him. I I do know on one podcast, he I, I wrote in, he he's like a not a producer but he's one of the improvisers on it and he's in character on it and they uh what is it i i wrote into the podcast not to talk to him but about something specific for that show right and the the host was like oh still loading podcast and he's in character so he's speaking with like a western accent he's like oh do you know who that is and matt goes in in characters like yeah i've heard of that podcast before and i went what he knows who i am <laughs> So that was that was a joy. So yeah, him, uh, Kevin Smith would also be amazing. And in terms of more indie-based stuff, any of the retronauts, uh, more of the retronauts. I've had one on so far, and I would love to have more. All right, it's very awesome. Now this kind of rolls with this. It's a two-parter question, but I like to break it up. You can pick any two people to co-host an episode. Who are you picking? What would you like to talk about? Oh, any two people to co-host an episode. Oh, man. Um, well, I would probably pick... In terms of just things that I would, I think I would just have an immense amount of fun doing hmm. uh, with people I know and people I, I love the shit that they do and love their shows, 
um, Chris Copeland from Retro Hangover, and I want to say Try from My Life in Gaming. I would have both of them on to discuss a Final Fantasy game. Okay. Uh, I don't care which, or some other obscure JRPG. They're both JRPG nuts. Both of them are super smart. They know exactly. They're they're funny. They're good at on podcasts. And I mean, I've collaborated with Chris a number of times and try as well. So that's something I would love in terms of like an outrageous dream goal that I would never expect to ever happen. But if it ever did, it would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> this would just be silly. Matt Gorley and Daniel Craig on a James Bond podcast because that would simultaneously make my dream and Matt's dream come true because he would love to meet Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, be... I'm assuming that he's never met him before, but I don't know. I mean, the, both of those just sound like amazing times, to be honest. I, Daniel Craig, uh, he's famous for not being like totally nice to the press, but I've heard him on podcasts. And as long as you're not treating it like the same bullshit questions that you're going to get on pressers and junkets and shit like that, you're asking him actual questions and genuinely invested in his answers. He, right. I think he'd enjoy it a lot. And I feel like Matt would be like him and I would probably if, if this in this fictional scenario Matt and I would be interviewing Daniel about James Bond or something like that that sounds like a lot of fun oh it would never happen but I would love no, it no 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 that's the whole point of this and maybe, maybe one day you never know don't rule it out mm-hmm. can't rule it out if you were I mean it's kind of answers it and I'm assuming the answer is James Bond but if you were going to podcast about something completely unrelated to what you talk about now what would it be would it be James Bond do you have some other secret love that we don't know about it's tangentially connected to bond um action movies just in general uh action movies um i i also had an idea for a podcast where i would me and my wife would watch something and we would pick like a side character i I don't want to actually you know what i'm not going to say that because i don't want anyone to take the idea i haven't seen anyone do it yet so it doesn't mean that it hasn't been done there's a lot of podcasts out there uh right I would, I would, I don't want anyone to take it, but, um, I would love to do an action movie podcast. That's a, that's a, that would be a dream of mine, but I just don't have the time. I'm a huge fan of martial arts movies, of action movies in general, as cliche as it is for a (laughs) cis white dude to be like, I like action movies, but (laughs) I I do can't help it. I, I love specifically Jackie Chan, man. I've been wanting to do a martial arts movie podcast specifically for a long time. I even had a title worked up in mind, but just never had time. Um, And yeah, I I could gush about like Jackie Chan and action movies and what I like about different action set pieces and choreography. Like specifically, I would love to highlight all the stunt work. I would love to be able to have stunt people on the episodes, maybe that worked on the films. And as we break it down, like that would be an absolute dream i wouldn't want the stars like don't get me wrong if i got an interview with like sly stallone or arnold schwarzenegger i wouldn't turn it down but like right if it was just for a movie i would actually prefer the stuntmen to them or in jackie chan's case jackie chan um <laughs> uh that would be just absolutely brilliant i would love that so much sounds like a lot yeah. of fun i mean i just uh finished a book recently one of my big things uh, other side cars you know as another mm. white guy love cars <laughs> and top gear is obviously the big thing but i finished a mm-hmm. book recently about the head writer and the head writer just 
basically spilled his guts about what it was like to, you know, write for the show. Because a lot of it's scripted, not all of it, but, you know, what that was like. And I get what you mean by wanting the stuntmen, you know, then you get a little more, not the star-studded look behind it, but the people actually doing, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say grunt work because that's very disrespectful, but the groundwork, I guess you would say. I mean, that's why I, one of my favorite things to do when I, so I, I do actually have a James Bond podcast, sort of. It's for my Patreon. Um, for my $5 patrons, it's called Still Bonding, not trying to promote that shit, but it's just, it, you know, it tied into the conversation here. Oh, no, um, you're, this is your episode. You promote whatever you want to. Yeah, but I, I don't want to be that guy <laughs> that just is like, here, give me money. Uh, but no, so on, on Still Bonding, though, we talk about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and some of the stunt work on Bond, I feel like is for people who follow James Bond, they know how impressive it is just for people with passing interest in it, though. I don't think people realize how amazing the stunt work is in those, in those movies. Right. Um, in specifically The Man with the Golden Gun, which was roger moore's second outing as bond i believe it came out i want to say in 74 maybe 73 um i'd have to double check on that Uh, hold on 77 was the spy who loved me so 75 would have been the man with the golden gun i'm gonna guesstimate on that because i think roger moore did it every two years anyway um unnecessary detail so within the man with the golden gun there is a stunt that's completely ruined by the sound effect but there's a stunt where they drive a car and it does a corkscrew over a river and lands on the other side and right. remember this is done without cgi because that did not exist this was 1975 right or so whatever it's all practical effects like they can't it's all practical effects it was des- one of the first stunts ever if not the first stunt ever to be designed by computer to you know just test out all the physics and stuff like that the way they actually did the stunt was that they had they needed the weight of everything to be perfectly distributed on le- the left and right side of the car. Otherwise, the corkscrew would not have worked or it made it a lot more difficult to do. So what the stunt driver did, they, they modified the car. Well, the, the crew modified the car. The special effects people on the mm-hmm. Bond set modified the car. So the stuntman basically laid flat on their, his stomach spread eagle like hand in one corner other hand in another corner leg in back right corner left leg in back left corner the gas and the brake were on pedals that were then moved to the back of the car and there was a steering wheel up front sorry sorry so his arms weren't to the left or right but there was a steering wheel up front for him to still steer it so he was still in the middle of it um and he had to drive it like that without technically really being able to see where he was going just hoping that everyone lined it up you know just hit the gas and go straight pretty much right uh and remember though he's doing this strapped in to this car over a river so if anything goes wrong he's strapped to a metal death trap going underwater and he's laying flat on his back or flat on his stomach which if he were to actually land in the water most likely would be upside down so he's going in upside down while strapped to the what would be now the ceiling of the car because the car is upside down uh so they had divers on standby just chilling in the in the river just underwater being like (laughs) just waiting 
because they didn't want to take the chance like what if this breaks and what if this happens and then we can't get to him fast enough because we have to jump into the river from here so they didn't they didn't play man they just right. put a bunch of divers in there just kind of waiting is he going to make it uh, dude made it on the first try and in fact it looked too perfect and the producers wanted him to do a second take of it he's like nah you're only getting one it looked <laughs> it looked too perfect it didn't look real because it looked so perfect and that's right. the one that you see in the movie um, the, the reason the stunt is ruined is because you have this amazing impressive technical stunt and the sound effect all the music gives out and you just hear a slide whistle the boop that's awful yeah it's it's a damn shame so on your podcast what's your what's your best moment you know what's something like if somebody it's like a moment that you come back to and think about occasionally um it's it's a lot of what nearly 400 episodes now no not that much (laughs) uh i'm i'm getting close to episode 300 though yeah um We'll see if I'm able to hit it. Uh, the next the next month or so is going to be next couple months or so is going to be a little bit tough, but uh, just was tough outside of the podcast. But um, I would say the one moment that I really look back on, there, I mean, there's a lot. I I think the last two or three years have been some of the most fun I've had in general. Like the, I mean, I know I started the podcast before the pandemic, but the pandemic really kind of forced me to kick it into high gear. And I've loved doing the podcast ever, like even more so. I, I enjoyed it before, but now I absolutely love it. Like it's a, right. it's a sense of relief. Like it helps with my anxiety. It gives me something productive to put my efforts into. Um, and yeah, it's it's wonderful. So there's a lot of moments that I can think back on and like really did wonders for me. I mean, hell I I recently recorded an episode by the time this comes out, it's either already out or going to be out. I recently recorded an episode on Spire the dragon and some of the stuff I was telling you off mic was that was the start of it when I recorded it like a week ago. So my anxiety was still at an all time high and that episode, I was so happy with how it turned out. I, it was with a good friend of mine and I'm happy with what was said and like the conversation and the history we were able to bring to it and the uh, breaking down the mechanics. And it was just a really wonderful conversation. And I don't think I would have had that without the podcast. So like on a small scale, that's a moment I think I'm going to take with me for a long time. Cause even though it's not like, uh, no offense to my friend, but it's not like I had like some huge guest on an episode and it like was something great for download numbers or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. But that was super important to me because it was me and a friend being able to forget about our troubles for two or three hours. And it was just a really nice, really nice way to spend an evening on a more like hard numbers. You know, this did great for the show, you know, networking and all that other stuff, which I, I, I still enjoy, but I don't want that to ever be the focal point. My first final fantasy fantasy draft, um, on that episode, it was, I had, it was the first time I had try from my, the YouTube channel, my life in gaming on the show. I had Nadia Oxford from the Retronauts podcast on the show. Um, I had Chris from retro hangover who, who he's actually, that was his first time on my show as well. I had guested on their show earlier that year, earlier last year, but that was the first time that he had been on my show. So 
uh, it was a first for a lot of stuff. And then uh, my friend Game Dave, who I've had on, he's another YouTuber I've had on the show a bunch of times. Um, so I, I actually was so happy. I remember recording that episode, that first fantasy draft, and I was so happy with it. It was, I was uh, actually recording it on Zencaster, like we here, like we are here, and I didn't have the video on because I was so, my internet's so bad. I didn't want to have any delays or this and that with like five. It was five people, four people right. participating, and then me. So I wasn't playing around. So no video. It was just all audio, um, and I remember just sitting back and just smiling from ear to ear like i was just so happy with how the conversation was going i'm like this is going to be fucking great this is going to be such a good episode and i took a picture on my phone of just the audio bars recording because i'm like i just want to remember this it was just such a fun moment man so those are the two moments i would say like the spyro one i'm hoping will last longer than just like because all the stuff is still fresh but I think the Spyro moment that I was mentioning before is kind of a good representation of what podcasting means to me and kind of ties back to one of your earlier questions, man, of like, why do I podcast? That's another reason. It's a way for me to forget about troubles for an hour or two. Like I, when I, when I'm, when I'm on a show as wonderful as yours or someone else's, I, I don't have to think about my, my problems for two to three hours. It's, it's a wonderful time. And then, the fantasy draft just because i never thought i'd be able to pull something like that off and i'm just so proud of how it turned out well thank you so much for calling this wonderful you don't you don't have to stroke my ego like that but, you're a you good know. you are a good interview <laughs> man i actually feel bad like i feel like good guests are ones that ask the, the host back some questions and every time i'm like let me we like weasel one in here and i'm like damn it i missed my i missed the entry point because i was talking too much about my own bullshit <laughs> well, it's fine. This is the whole point of the show is for me to get, you know, not only me, but our audience as well to get to know another podcast. It's a, it's a great cross promotion. It's, you know, we, we do like a lot of, um, we'll play somebody's like little promo ad or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know if those ever get the same numbers as something like this, you know, you get a full the hour or more to get to know somebody. I don't think, I don't think those things work all that well. I think the best way to, in, in all honesty, this is just maybe some podcasting philosophy for anyone who's looking to get into the game. Guesting. Guesting on other people's shows yes. and having them guest on your shows is one of the best ways to grow your show. And But you always have to remember you do so with no expectation from the guest that it's ever going to be reciprocated. And I don't mean that in a, in a shitty way, but like, you know, guests give you their time like when i have guests on for my show they're giving me hours of their life just to have a fun conversation and i can't i can't thank them enough for that that's they're not getting paid for this and so that's why if i'm able to if someone asks me to guest on the show if for some reason they like the bullshit that i do um (laughs) i will I, i i will do everything i can to be able to guest on it because not yes on a in a more self centered standpoint it's good for my show but also like i know what it's like to i'm a solo host like i have to find guests on my own all the time so i know how stressful that can be so if i can be a guest that helps someone out with that i'll gladly i and plus if hopefully i'm a good fit for whatever the episode topic is sometimes i've had people ask me to come on the show to like just like oh we can just shoot the shit and talk about anything i'm like oh why okay but like (laughs) what direction do you want to talk like what do you want to talk about like we're gonna have to have some questions we have to have some type of conversation that's that's kind of the hard like it's so generic 
that's kind of the hard pitch about this show, to be honest, is that, you know, people are like, oh, what's the topic? I'm like, no, 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 you are the topic, you know? But no, it... See, but that's not that hard. You're interviewing us. Like you're 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 placating my ego with this episode. <laughs> it's I, I like to think of myself as the uh, Sean Evans from Hot Ones, but without making you eat spicy wings. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat some spicy wings, man. I fucking love hot wings. I, I do too. Uh, they don't love oh, me all the time, though. So no. they're a quick, fickle mistress. Do you have? You've shouted out a lot of people, and one of them is uh, Retro Hangover. You need to tell them to. Maybe by the time this comes out, they have, but they need to respond to my DM because they're on my to-do list for this kind of thing. Sorry, say that again. Retro hangover? Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, repeat the question. I You cut oh. out, so I couldn't hear what you were asking. <laughs> oh, all good. So, uh, really what it is, is you've shouted out a lot of people. Is there anybody else you'd like to? And I was bringing up the fact that retro hangover, they're on my to-do list. As for people, I can to, I can know, I can reach out this. to them if you like. Chris <laughs> and Shane are awesome. They are so yeah. great. I mean, if I were to shout out, I, there, there's so many podcasting friends, and you've had a bunch of them already on between Rick and Rick from Pixel Project and Bill from Gaming Collecting, Dave from Tales from the Backlog. Did you already have Dave's on? Dave on? I, I think? have. I have. Yeah. Dave and I had a lovely conversation. So. Um, Dave is awesome. Um, Oh, man, there's just so many. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Um, I, I'm subscribed to most of them. Let's, so let's I see can, who's on the subscription list, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, we're not gonna, you, know, you don't have to throw me under the bus here. Uh, <laughs> um, Anthony Wolf over at the Indie Diarist podcast. He's super nice. He's very kind. Uh, he, I was his first guest. Like he, he asked me to come on the show to talk about the rise of indie games. I was like, I can talk about it, man, but I don't know. Like, do you think I'm be a good fit? He's like, no, I've listened to your show. I think you'd be a good fit. I'm like, okay. So he's he's super sweet. Um, what is it? Uh, Retro Hangover. Um, hold on. My friend, they, they've been they're on a long hiatus due to some personal things, but uh, they're not a video game podcast. Monster Madness. Uh, my friends over there, Erica and Matt. Um, they are a wonderful monster movie podcast and I'm not a horror movie fan at all but I listen to them because one I'm Erica is one of my closest friends but two it's actually just really fucking good like the, I, I enjoy their episodes a lot um, I'd also shout out my friends over at JK Games which is Jerrica and Kayla they're awesome Cut cutscenes and cupcakes it's a, another gaming podcast with um marley steph and oh my gosh i'm so sorry i'm forgetting the third the, there's uh marley steph and Lindsay. i'm so sorry Lindsay. don't kill me uh they're awesome um i was recently on classic gaming brothers they're a good show uh i've listened to of course aaron and tommy super pod saga that's saga. a really fun one uh one that i recently discovered is called a gamer looks at 40 that's i've heard of them uh, I, like, I love yet. the way that uh, the host bill tucker i i've never met him i've tried to shout him out one time and he didn't even reply but i love what he does over there awesome so yeah i mean that that's a lot but there is i mean there's there's a bunch that i i probably my, my buddy tj at the hotter show he was my first podcasting friend oh my gosh jala at jala chan's place like there's just so many that's that's all good so i got two questions for you that's all that's all we got left Mm. 
So what I want to know is what's your favorite game that you've covered in your podcast? Is this where you just give me the answer of uh, Ratchet and Clank and then we move on to the last one? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, and we got to make this last longer than what we've been going. I'm giving two short answers for this. We can't (laughs) let this end after under an hour. Are you kidding me? I got to at least monopolize your time longer than this. (laughs) Um, um, Favorite game that I've covered. Uh, I, oh, that's a tough one because there's, I've, there's been so many that I've covered and I, and I love, um, the final fantasy games, Bioshock one and Bioshock infinite are some of my favorite games of all time. Um, I have to actually like look through my episode list because I can't think of a bunch of stuff. I recently released an episode on Diablo, which actually, no, I like the episode more than the game, so I'm not going to count that. Uh, <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Medal of Honor, um, oh, Pikmin. I was blown away. I've never played Pikmin until last really? year, and I played all the way through Pikmin, and I loved it. Awesome. Uh, Pikmin is so it's an underrated gem that game like I know it's a first party Nintendo game essentially but it, it's it's criminally yeah. not talked about agreed man it's it's fantastic oh the world ends with you I was really pleasantly surprised by that one um, I don't know there's just too many to pick dude like there's just way too many that I don't think I have a favorite uh, if I had to choose if, if you know gun to the earth <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I have to pick one game out of all the ones that I covered that has stuck with me the most. Red Dead Redemption 2. Really? Yeah. I think okay. that one. And I, I say that even though it was one that I had to uh, you know, skim through my episode list just to be like, oh yeah, I did cover that game. Um, but the reason I say Red Dead 2 is because out of all the games that I've played in, a, in recent memory, excuse me, Red Dead 2 was the one where I when I first started it I was like I hated it <laughs> I was I couldn't stand the controls I couldn't stand the mission structure all this other stuff and it was one of those things where it just I had to keep playing it until I understood what it was trying to do once I understood what it was trying to do it just grew into one of my favorite games of all time I love the story of Arthur Morgan. It makes me cry every time I see some of the sentimental cutscenes from it. I also love all the modding behind it. There was an amazing short by this like Twitch streamer named like Swole Gaming or something like that, where he does this like fucking spot on Arthur impression and like Dutch impression. And there's he's playing like a mod of Red Dead 2 in the multiplayer. And they're standing on top of some bridge. And he goes, hi, I'm Arthur Morgan, and this is Jackass. Or welcome to Jackass. <laughs> and he even has like the sound, like one of the sound stings from the show. And then you see it cuts to Dutch on the cliff on the other side of the like, of the cavern of the canyon where they're mm-hmm. standing. And while Arthur Arthur's still standing on the bridge, and he, he he's just in character. He's like, are you ready, Dutch? Sure am, Arthur. And then he lassos Dutch by the ankles and hangs him upside down from the bridge. <laughs> and, and then he, he Dutch is just like flying, flying around, around and he, flapping around and he can't he's just stuck on the bridge, which I don't even know if it's possible in the base game without mods to like tie someone, lasso someone and tie them to the bridge. But then he shoots Dutch 
he doesn't shoot Dutch. He shoots the the rope that Dutch is tied to, and Dutch falls into the creek, and he jumps after him trying to get. Like, there's just so many moments in this game, and I understand that's like a fan made one, but it's one right. of that, the game allows such freedom. And even in the modding community, it just it's amusing because you know it's a mod because in the background there are um, sharks jumping out of the waterfall in that video clip. So it's it's endlessly amusing. But uh, yeah, I'd have to say Red Dead Two because I it was a game that has I don't know if it's my best episode. I think it's a good one, mind you. But uh, that game has left a lasting impression on me, and I don't think it's just it was such a slow burn i hated it at first and now i just get filled with good warm feelings every time i think of that game you're giving me hope right now because i'm currently playing it for review Mm. and i've never played it before and i just hit chapter three and i can't stand it right now so you're you're giving me hope that's what you're doing red uh, chapter two is a little rough i'll give it that chapter three i remember because that's uh don't, you, I, I just started it so please don't spoil it it's... okay yeah i won't i won't say anything anymore then because um, chapter two ends with like the shootout at the at the saloon mm-hmm. right in, in yes. um i forget the name of the town but uh valentine shoot, valentine, valentine thank you yeah Yep, and then you have to find a new place to camp out, and that's yeah. So yeah, and you find the German family, and you have to like survive a shootout, and then you yep. Can, yep. It it the story starts picking up in the third one. There are still moments that I don't like. There's a whole section towards the end of the game that I think is kind of unnecessary, but I won't. I don't want to spoil what it is for you. I don't want to. I don't want to put any specific things in your head. But um, that game it. The, I remember not really enjoying the beginning all that much, and then I kept, I, I finished chapter two, and I, I was, I was slightly more positive than I was at the beginning, but still not much. Right. And then I started enjoying it more at the end. Like, I really, I forget what it, I don't know what it is. You maybe you won't like it in the end, but I really the, fell in love with that game, especially the fun Arthur's part, story. The fun part about where this comes out, everybody's heard what I think about Red Dead Two by now. I could have ended up loving it. I don't know at the moment. I am so excited <laughs> for that episode. I'm I can't wait to hear it uh, to see if you end up enjoying it. I also now, I also didn't realize how long it was. I didn't know it was sixty hours, so yeah. I started it way too late. So I'm having to like also powerhouse through it. Yeah, I could. That would not make it nearly as much fun. I got to yeah. kind of take my time through it bit yeah. by bit. I also started playing it. I remember um, it was right when the pandemic started, and I had the. Hmm, was right around the one yeah it was right when the pandemic started uh my kid was not born yet so i had a lot more free time <laughs> uh so i could play that play that game uh yeah in doing all of these episodes is there any answer that surprised you from me like like completely blew you away like some of these no. questions that you've gotten not really no they've all been so vastly different to be honest with you yeah that it's uh it, like every time i'm i'm surprised per episode like i have i haven't really had a repeat answer to be honest that's that is actually surprising because i feel like there's like some staples that everyone you know like what's your first video game it's always something mario and i i fell into that trope anyway right <laughs> no it's not always mario and uh, that's also a new question for season two of this podcast as well so the uh, season one guest didn't get that but are you ready? Did you we have, hear that, I Rick? got the last You're question. <laughs> <laughs> I got the last question for you. 
To you, what's the biggest challenge in podcasting? Personally, I always say it's time zones when trying to schedule stuff like this. Yeah. Th- thankfully, you and I are on the same time zone. Makes it really easy. Well, no, uh, you're in Central, right? Yes. I'm oh, Eastern. we're not. Eastern. Okay, no, so it's an hour but, hour off. But it's that I actually find, bizarrely enough, Central is harder for me to schedule for an Eastern time zone I, for, for what my schedule is. Right. Um, the hardest thing in podcasting to me is consistency. Um, you need to learn to stay consistent. It doesn't matter what that consistency is. It could mm-hmm. be weekly. It could be biweekly. It could be monthly. But you need to stay consistent because that teaches you to time management. That teaches you how to organize your episodes a lot better in terms of like your like what you're going to cover and how. So like for example, like with me, I don't. I have a kid. I don't have time to play every single game like a friend of mine asked me if i wanted to do uh, an episode on super mario wonder when that comes out because at the time we're recording this it's not out yet right um and i was like dude i'd love to but i don't think i'm gonna have time especially with the personal stuff going on um so i think that consistency is the hardest thing to get down because people either vastly over underestimate excuse me underestimate how much time is required to do an estimate to do a podcast mm-hmm. um or they overestimate their own abilities to keep up with it you know right. it's 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 a number of those different things uh it's it's tough man I, I think consistency is one of the biggest keys like you for me i started out uh the reason the show's been going on so long if you look at some of my earliest episodes one like the first six you can't even find on my main podcast feed because they're lost over on soundcloud i think i'm going to try to release them for the 10th anniversary next year um but not saying they're great but they're not but they're 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 over there some of them you can't even get all of them because soundcloud storage limits are bullshit but you uh, when i first started i was weekly found couldn't come up with ideas that was that's a surprisingly hard thing to do is come up with ideas for episodes um and that's why i think you know your uh you you know like episodes like this are so smart because it just makes it so much like it it's less while you do have to come up with questions for us like podcasters like myself right you have a built-in topic for a weekly thing you know like you just you it's like okay this is easy enough to do let me just reach out to a whole bunch of other podcasters and then if i can get eight podcasters like you said it's every other week so that's like two months worth of, or no if you get four, eight podcasts that's like four months that's four months worth of content for, yeah. for just this and then you that halves your workload for a weekly show right there and then um so it's it, what i found to like combat the consistency issue is what i usually tell people first make make an episode see how long it's going to take you to record and edit just to get a ballpark next see how long it's going to take you to come up with ideas and that's a little bit harder to pinpoint it's a little bit hard to nail down it's a bit more ambiguous because some people are super creative and they can just come up with ideas like that it took me a while to learn that skill Um, right and even then like if i have a bunch of games that i'm covering all at once then i know i'm i'm not going to play anything else and so i will sporadically mix in 
interviews with people. I'll start reaching out to people who work in the industry and voice actors and all this other stuff. So that way it is less work overall for me and I don't have to do as much in terms of playing games. So like even if you look at uh, the time this comes out or the time we're recording this, excuse me, my most recent episode was on Diablo. I spent the last like month and a half just picking away at Diablo bit by bit. I played Uncharted Golden Abyss, the episode before that. That was with uh, uh, our friend Bill from Gaming Collecting. I That's a handheld game, so I could just play it on my lunches at work. But then uh, I did an episode called A Guide to Movie-Based Games. That was just with an author. That's easy for me. I can get the book, take a look at it, see if it's something I need to read the whole thing or if it's something like in this instance, I didn't have to read the whole thing because it's just a list with some fun facts about a bunch of different games. And I don't mean that as an insult to the author. It's more of a compendium, but that made my life a lot easier. Right. Um, I interviewed voice actors and stuff like that. Like So stuff that I don't have to spend a lot of time in prep work for, meaning playing 8 to 50 hours of game, depending on what the game is, Right. I try to mix it up. I also do uh, this series called Captain and the Game Master, which I'm doing a rewatch with my buddy Dexter, which for those who don't know, that's an, that's an old cartoon based off of Nintendo properties from back in the late 80s, early 90s. And it's awful, but it's so much fun to break down. It's one of my favorite series to do. So I, I, I don't bring all this up to shout out individual episodes of my own, but I, I brought all that up to illustrate how I organize it, where I'll, I'll plan stuff far ahead and then I will um, start, you know, recording and playing and I, I kind of budget out my time to see what I'm able to do. Um, we'll see how things go the next couple months uh, with some of the stuff I have going on. But I, I, at least as of now, as of this recording, I think I have all of October either already recorded or planned to record. So like I, I record about a month in advance, kind of like what Dave Jackson does over at Tales from the Backlog, but he records even farther. So right. um, it's a very long winded answer, excuse me, to say that, you know, it's just content. It's, it's being able to stay uh, continuous. It's being able to keep that schedule going and making sure that you don't, uh, lacks if, if that's what you want to do. If you find that you don't like it, you know, teach their own. But if it's something that you want to do, you got to stay consistent with it. And that's the hardest thing to do because it doesn't, it's not just involving your scheduling, it's involving, you know, the logistics of like what you said, Slade, of, you know, dealing with time, time zones and trying to manage different recording schedules for people in different time zones. I've, I've recorded with people in Australia and our time zones are so far apart that like that's, like eight o'clock PM, my time is like nine AM for them the next right. day, and that's uh, my two primary co-hosts are both British. That's six hour difference for me. That's why I say it's always mm-hmm. the hardest. So we record at like two in the afternoon my time, but that's eight PM for them. And that's that's one I've run into that too. I, if I'm recording with someone from the UK, I can only record on weekends because I literally can't record during the week because my kid is awake and unless right. i want unless i want to not have a life and or by that i mean having my wife kill me for podcasting while the kid is awake after she has been home with them all day long uh i can't record any things and i, I like i like living so I, i'd rather keep it that way um so yeah i it, it's well, tough man i feel you on that it's do why you, i do these so far in advance as well it's smart it's smart do you find now are you the editor for your show too I am one of all three of us at it. Okay. 
all three of us edit. Uh, I edit the show particularly, and then so the way we di divvy out editing is that uh, we rotate who picks what game. Mm. And so, like you know, uh, Joey will pick. If Joey picked, then he edits. If Tim picked, he edits. If I picked, you know, I edit. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've picked up edits. Um, they recently had a family member pass away. I picked up both their edits, you know, and did that for him. You know, we we do that as well. It's it's fine. All three of us know how to do it. But Josh, you're kind of beating me to something real quick because this is the fun oh. part of between two pods, where the AMA gets flipped. You can now ask me whatever you'd like to. Oh, man. I see. I, I totally forgot there's that second half to it, even though. <laughs> um, that's, uh, to me, that's the that's the fun part of it, right? Is that I sit here and I ask you everything, and then I put you on your toes. Yeah, I see. I knew it was coming, too, and I forgot about it. Like, I remembered hearing it in the, when I was prepping for this, sort of, and I was like, oh, yeah. And so now we're here. I'm like, oh, fuck. No. Here we go. I got some questions for you. So buckle up your sit downs. Uh, no. Uh, so Slade, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you could do a podcast, I'm not going to answer all of the throw all the same questions you asked me back at you. But I am actually curious if you could do a podcast that is not gaming related. What would it be on? It'd either be on anime or it'd be on music. It would be one or the other. Uh, I had somebody else ask me this, and they said, what about anime music? And I was like, well, there's my third podcast. The, the hyper-specific <laughs> one with a, a lot of Kung Fu Generation, or no, Asian Kung Fu Generation, and uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I I actually saw, there was a, here's a anecdote, uh, you ever, oh, I forget what anime they did it for, I'm going to have to look it up while we're talking. Um, Go ahead. I saw a band live called Stereo Pony. Okay. Um, and they did they're not I don't believe they're a band anymore um, but they were a J-Rock band and they did the song for oh my gosh it's going to drive me nuts and I don't remember what show it was for but they had a song that ended up being for like a, one of the songs used in an anime show and I can't remember what show it was it's going to drive me nuts that I can't remember what it was um, oh they did have their they, one of their songs was used as the ending theme, ending theme in Eureka Seven. Okay, Eureka Seven AO. Um, let's see if there's anything else that I can find on this. I can't. I have heard of Eureka, see. but I've not watched it. Neither have I. I. Anime is one of those things where I I was obsessed with when I was younger, and then the fan base kind of ruined it for me. Right, right. So I, I always called myself like in high school, middle school, I was a hidden weeb. So, you know, <laughs> you, di <laughs> you didn't want to be associated with the kid who Naruto ran the lunch, right? And that was... Oh, uh, they did a Darker Than Black song. That's what it was. Okay. They did the opening theme to the series Darker Than Black, which was super popular back in like 2009. You you can see this, the audience can't, but my, my favorite anime of all time is Attack on Titan. And paid a lot of money for oh yeah you got the logo on the on your chair there yeah the secret labs did a uh, they've done a bunch of anime chairs i paid way too much for this but it's very comfortable though and See, you know I've as well never... as i do you sit here for a lot of time <laughs> dude i need a new chair but you know, we'll see what the budget's like on that i uh i i i've been meaning to try out attack on titan for a while and i just haven't really 
there's just I, I, I the last time I went to an anime convention or like continuously went that was the hot show or it was just starting so, to come out it was like the first season was out kind of type of thing and I remember people cosplaying it and I love the outfits in it I love the cosplays yeah, in it, but so I, I still have yet a, to see the show it's the same thing well we've talked about them way too much this episode Bill and Alex from gaming and collecting uh but they're like we're waiting for it to be over and November 4th is the last episode so it's it's the perfect time for you to go and binge watch everything you make it sound like I have time to do anything outside of <laughs> podcasting and parenting. I, just I just do it while editing. It's fine. Just read the subtitles while you know you're listening to the playback. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Absolutely not. There's no way. So uh, you said you would either do a podcast on anime or music. What kind of music do you listen to? I listen to a bit of everything. So I'm a drummer by trade. Oh, so I, my brother. Yeah, so I play drums. I also play bass. I'm probably going to get a guitar soon. little multi-class musician, if you will. Uh, I've been playing mm-hmm. drums for since I was 13, and I'm about to be 30. So <laughs> I've been playing drums hey, for welcome. a very long time. To welcome the, to the uh, Dirty 30s Club. Yeah, we'll to, the annoyance, to the annoyance of all my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say like so if you if you play a lot of different instruments so you said you listen to everything but like what I guess what would be some of your favorite artists or bands? So ooh, this kind of goes to a question I have for some people like do you like if you have an album that you can listen to forward and backwards like you know without skipping a single song like uh like I love My Chemical Romance the amp, their album Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is tremendous but there's the interlude I song, love that which album. I, but you, I, I skipped the interlude song, so that ruins the, uh, you know, what album can you listen to forward and backwards and not skip anything? That counts. It's a skip. So, like, uh, Between the Colors and the Shapes by the Foo Fighters, that's a tremendous album. Uh, welcome to, to that's, The Black Parade. See, I can't even answer one. that question. I'm glad you didn't ask me that, because I, <laughs> I don't think there's one album I can listen to forward and back that I like enough. At least not the one that jumps to my head. But sorry, you said Foo Fighters. What? Well, which Foo Fighters? Foo, Foo Fighters. Uh, Color in the Shapes. Mm. That's a great. I don't think one. I've listened to that one. I can. That's the one with the uh, rope. Would be the big song. I don't know. I don't. I'm so out of like any type of like. When when did it come out? Uh, I'd like to say the mid 2000s. It's it's okay, one of their see, older. I, albums. I should have been. So uh, I grew up pretty religious. Um, ah. Still am semi but uh because of that i was always out of the loop with a lot of the popular music other than you know like all the shit you would hear at high school dances and junk like that but like you know you're not hearing foo fighters normally at high school dances you'd hear like akon (laughs) smack that (laughs) um no no i got a lot of my music start playing in churches Mm. and i've been uh i've been paid as well by a couple of them to like play drums for them which is a really cool thing to get and i that's like the hardest thing musically if you play an instrument is to get a paycheck that's the hardest thing you'll ever do i believe it <laughs> and, uh, playing for a church definitely would be a cozy gig but like those praise bands man it's like it's just lulling people into like brainwashing <laughs> sorry that's yeah. really it and well I, you're not you're not wrong and some no. of it's pretty dull so it's, it, you know. i cannot stand praise music there's i so I, I did listen to a lot of christian bands i would say the closest band that i could listen to an album front to back um skillet i used to listen uh, to a oh, lot of skillet 
that's who I thought you were going to say. So I, I went to a private school and it's, you know, like a Christian school. Yeah. And like I had played in the praise and worship band for there during high school and skillet was like on our like set list for like something heavy for, you know, for the youths to yeah. enjoy them and uh switchfoot who i also Switch saw switchfoot's fantastic i saw them live and they were tremendous one of the best performers i've ever like skillet is fun live but they're like an 80s rock show live and i don't mean yeah. that as an insult but it, it feels like how can i put it when i've seen when i saw switchfoot perform granted it was over a decade ago you saw their emotion they wore their emotions on their sleeve they were very raw with their performances like you could tell that when they perform for the most part that they feel what they say and they feel their music skillet felt a lot more commercial and i don't mean that necessarily as an insult i i do think they put their heart into it but it didn't feel it felt more like commercially syndicated like it just felt a little bit more fabricated and i don't i'm not saying it was i don't know the the band i don't know the people in in either of the bands really but with switchfoot i still remember what i remember about watching skillet was the the spectacle of it what i remember of watching switchfoot was the emotion of it right I'd, I'd, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree, because I think it was about a decade ago I saw both of them as well, so yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Switchfoot's so damn good, man. I, I um, Did you ever, do you listen to any metal? Yes. So, one of the first things I, when I first got my uh, first double kick, was mm. learning to play One by Metallica. Okay. Just the whole, you know, like the whole double bass beat, and I remember, uh, not pulling a hamstring but you ever stretch too much and you know like your calf muscle just cramps that happening yeah and just (laughs) i remember trying that for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally getting it and being so satisfied by it um from oh man i'm gonna feel bad now but i was talking to a novel concept or a novel console and they recently went to see def clock which i don't know if you remember that from uh yeah, from the show uh, Metalocalypse. Yeah, and which I forgot that I know how to play some of those songs, and that's been kind of the fun back behind the drum kit lately. <laughs> so it's it's fun. I guess it goes to ADHD brain a bit, you know, being able to use um, both hands and both feet and just do whatever you want to. I'm also ambidextrous. My parents thought I was going to be left-handed when I was a kid. So apparently oh. until I was about three or four, I was always using my left hand. And then I suddenly switched over to my right. That's pretty handy. Yeah. Now, have you ever heard... There's, this leads me to two other questions. Um, with drumming. Um, I was First, when I was asking about metal, I was going to talk about August Burns Red because that's my favorite metal band. That's a good band. Love, I love August Burns Red. But with drumming specifically, have you ever seen the YouTube... I'm sure... I've. I bet you anyone who knows your drummer has said this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you ever seen that El Estepariano or El Estepario Siberiano? In your opinion, is he as insane as the reactors make him appear to be? Like the the drummers? Yeah, so he he is. I shouldn't put in quotations. I don't know if they are or not, but yeah. So so he is is nuts, but there's a couple cheats to what he's doing. If I can give away a bit of like how he does some of the things. 
part yeah. of it and why he gets such fast uh, snare hits, and that's the drum that sits between your legs. Yeah. If you ever notice, he always has something sitting on there. Yeah, he usually has like, like a, a cowbell. Like yeah, a cowbell. Yeah. So what he's doing is he's adding that weight to his tone, and it adds extra tension to it, so you get more stick bounce back. Mm. Which that helps to speed him up. It's a good trick, and it's an excellent one. But he he has true talent as well. Like it's it's not only that he he's genuinely very talented. I love watching his videos, man. They're immensely fun to watch. Yeah. Um, his one-handed stuff is just way. I, I don't understand it. I watch it and I don't get it. He's impressive. <laughs> he's just very, very, very impressive. Now, I was going to also going to ask: Have you ever heard of the YouTube? Ch- you, have you also ever heard of the YouTube channel Drumio? Oh yes, I watch just about everything of theirs. The recent Chad Smith at time of recording, the recent Chad Smith stuff has been. I so good. love that. I love seeing They're... all the drummers try to feel out a song without the drum track and see if they that's, can match up. It's so that, cool to see these. Like, that's what I was going to bring masters up. Work. Yeah, yeah. So they do, for those of you who aren't familiar with Drumio, they do a series where basically they uh, play a drumless song and it's something that the drummers never heard and they have to just sort it out. And that's really, um, it's something that only drummers can do, to be honest with you, is sitting there and just feeling a song out. Guitarist, bassist, like they can, but there's still like a note set to it. You, as a drummer, you don't really have that. It's one of the most fun things to watch. Like the one that came out that you were talking about with Chad Smith from the Red mm-hmm. Hot Chili Peppers, he heard Thirty Seconds to Mars, uh, the the kill for the first time, and. I love how he's like, this is some emo shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the drummer for Megadeth heard uh, Mr. Brightside for the first time. Yeah. And that was, that's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I do use Drumio's like drumless tracks to play. Hmm. That's, that's a lot of fun too. Cause if you play, so I, I learned mostly by ear before I took lessons and things like that and actually learned. But when you play by ear, you end up like really mimicking. Uh, other drummers and then but then you run into problems like uh, Ringo Starr for example he's left handed and you you wouldn't think much about that until you realize he's left handed but he plays a right handed drum set and what what makes that so awkward is that he leads with his left hand as he goes around he has to lead with his right Um, I hate to do this I'm going to pause for a second my grandmother is calling me yeah, no, that's no problem. So, so if you want to take a bathroom break or something like that, I'm just going to hit pause real quick and then we'll come back. No, you're good. Take your time. Okay. Thank you. This is going to be a little unfair to uh, other guests because you got to pause to think about more questions. <laughs> oh, if it makes you feel better, I uh, didn't think about any. <laughs> oh, excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I got... No, I... Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> with the with the stuff going, I know I keep referencing off mic stuff, so I apologize for being so vague. It's just you know personal shenanigans. But uh, hey, okay, w- any chance I get, I just turn my brain off right now. <laughs> that that's fine. Like I said earlier, and yeah, before we start recording, like just think about it like a you know nice therapy session, right? Oh yeah, but I can't you know say everything. But but no, um, I guess uh another question for you because you know mm-hmm. like i was saying before like we can't just end it after under an hour like uh in terms of anime now we've talked a lot about music and drumio and all that other stuff 
what anime would you say is your personal favorite and what anime would you say is essential to watch for an anime fan well they're kind of one and the same it's attack on titan i i don't think i I don't think anything's better written to be honest as much as i've watched see i know i have not watched attack on titan like i said but for me out of the ones i have watched it's not my favorite but i think cowboy bebop is an essential oh yes that's that's one of those um it goes in the category of me with like akira and neon genesis as a classic of it must be watched like cowboy bebop is just to me the best anime i've ever seen i have not now haven't seen attack on titan i also have not seen neon genesis evangelion so i need to evangelion so i, I need to watch that at some point too i actually That's... have in my basement a whole shitload of anime dvds no neon genesis but a metric shitload of anime dvds and have not been able to touch them since you're that's fine i mean the first blu-ray i ever bought was a it's an anime movie to be honest with you and that's like the only blu-ray i have sitting on the you know your shelf is behind you mine's off to the side where you can't see well these are all games behind me right well i mean there's games on this one too but Mm. (laughs) uh no i i don't think there's anything better better written the fact that um the reason why you see so many cosplays is that season four is so important uh recently my girlfriend she's never watched anime Mm. like ever and this was the first one i introduced her to and then i checked like my crunchyroll account and she watched like a whole season without me and i'm like okay well i guess the bug bit you um i've tried to get my wife into it she liked death note she watched a little bit of death note but uh we never really finished it I, it, it ends poorly, to be honest. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, it's so, endings are so hard to stick to. I understand. I understand it's tough. Yeah. Uh, the last anime I remember really digging in and watching. I tried watching Black Cat during the pandemic, and I got pretty far into it, but I never finished okay. it. Um, and then the last one I that I watched a full season of was One Punch Man. I watched okay. the first season of One Punch Man and adored it. It was so fun. The- it suffers a second season like mm. downturn um, Did, I don't is know there's supposed to be a third season there's supposed to be one I don't know if it's out yet or not I'm not a big one punch fan or one punch man fan but I know second season supposed to be not great but there's high hopes for the third okay okay I don't think it's out yet because studio studio Mappa is doing it mm. and they're kind of busy with Jujutsu Kaisen and Attack on Titan at the moment so I don't you know in their production schedule. I don't know where it is. In thinking of animation, and this actually ties into a question you asked me if I could do another podcast on something that's not mm-hmm. video game related. Uh, <laughs> the listeners of my show and who know me personally are going to laugh at this. Bluey. Yeah. Okay. Oh, have you ever watched it? I haven't. So here's the thing about Bluey from what I hear is that it's like good for both adults and kids. Yeah. It's that. And this is going to sound really weird, but it reminds me of uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Really? Which, not not the the one all engines go, which is what's out now. And here's a little big chunk of what lives in my brain is Thomas the Tank Engine. But the, the way the original stories were written, it was written for the parents who had to read them over and over and over again to the kids. The original, well, so let me back up a bit. The original thing is a book series. Like, Thomas is really about 80 years old at this point. Yeah. 
and it was based on a book series called the railway series thomas was not the main character it was an ensemble cast and that's the way it was written it was written with like jokes for the adults like uh one of the engines talking about they, they were arguing about a name of a station in london right yeah and there's four different main train terminals in london and the three engines who were arguing were all saying the correct thing at the end so you know it's a joke for the adults that's the way it was written okay so kind of like a who's on first type of like yeah, uh, yeah. written yeah like a who's on first kind of joke but only the adults would get and the kids would not have any understanding of it so i i have i would have to rewatch. i used to love thomas the tank engine as a kid i don't know yeah. if it would still hold up now but the would... reason why i sing bluey's praises so much is that it's not just like a pixar type of thing where it's like here's here's a, a, a kid-friendly movie but with some dirty right. jokes thrown in that only the adult, adults get they they you see that once in a while on bluey but most right. of it is what bluey does is you know when when you become a parent you know one of the things they tell you is that you need to model the behavior that you want your to see in your kids if you model it they right. will base your like there's a better chance they will base their behavior off of what you do so if you're an angry irrational person they're going to have a lot more outbursts because that's how they see you that they're trying to learn from you well right bluey is like modeling behavior for parents it's uh, it's these two cartoon dogs that you model your behavior as a parent after because they seem to have their shit together but what's nice about bluey is that the parents don't always you see their flaws and struggles there are episodes in the show that don't just talk about like there's cute episodes like the, the first episode for example is called magic xylophone and the lesson of it is that is about taking turns you know bluey isn't letting her younger sister bingo take take a right. turn to play with the magic xylophone but the the joke it, it's still a cute little seven eight minute cartoon where uh, the magic xylophone. The mag- The reason it's magic is because when you ding it, whoever you're aiming it at has to freeze wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And so, the the joke of it is, Dad's playing with them, and this is uh, they freeze him, and then do put makeup on him and dress him up all silly and all this other stuff. But even in that, like, so while that episode is is cute, it, it there's nothing really like deeper than that. It's just like a normal moral that you would see in a lot of kids shows, you know. Right, but with a with a cute little outer shell, like you you get a little taste of why people like Bandit the dad so much because he commits to every bit when he's playing with the kids. Like the episode mm-hmm. ends with um, he's trying to spray one of them with a hose, only to find out that they ha- end up having the magic xylophone. So he they 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 crank the the hose so that way water doesn't come out and he goes huh and then he looks at it and that's when they ding the magic xylophone so he's frozen with the hose right in his face and of course what do the kids do is that they uncrank the hose so water just starts going in and the episode ends with dad not breaking character he's just going just taking water to the face (laughs) over and over and over like not moving he's committing to the bit 100% and I right. was just, it, it it's humorous at first. And then as it, the series continues and you watch more shows, more episodes, you see him do more things like that. 
but that's just kind of like the shell that kind of gives you the vibe of what the show is going for where it really sells you is when there are episodes that cover super tough topics that you don't see covered in kids shows and i don't mean necessarily like death which is definitely a hard topic but you you have seen similar things like that in kids shows um and i'm not trying to downplay it in those but like there's an episode in this one in bluey uh where the moms because they're all dogs the mom's name is chili the dad's name is bandit um Mm -hmm. there's an episode where they're going to visit chili's dad their granddad and he kind of lives in the boonies he kind of lives in the woods and uh he's kind of a little bit more of an outdoorsy type and so while they're driving over she's talking about how like well my he's got a you know he just got out of the hospital he needs to be taking care of himself so we're going to check on him pretty much and when they get there he's not taking it easy he's not resting he's taking an axe and chopping a whole bunch of firewood up and she's like what are you doing the doctor said to take it easy and so then begins with him like don't tell me what to do and he'll he runs off and the he takes the grand his grandkids with him and they just start playing this kind of like silly uh, uh silly and cute cat and mouse type of chase throughout the woods and right there's a moment a little over midway through where basically they're high they they're still being chased by chili the mom and they hide in this in his neighbor's like shack who lives on the edge of a swamp and he's hiding they're hiding there and she's like she's like interrogating the neighbor and the guy the guy's trying not to get in the middle of it but he's also trying to do right by his friend he goes like well he's a grown man shouldn't he do shouldn't he do what he like you know it shouldn't the decision be up to him what how like if he rests or not and there's a moment where Chili, like you see it like straight on, like she's looking down the barrel of the quote unquote camera. She goes, no, he needs to take care of himself because for me, because I still need him. And it, right. it starts touching in on that very real sensation of parental mortality and realizing that your parents aren't these superhumans that you grew up with, assuming you had a good relationship with your parents, of course. Um, and the episode ends where they they escape one more time, still being goofy and silly and whatnot. But they end up on a dock by a, a river or by a pond, and the girls are swimming in the lake or pond or whatever. And she comes up, she's like, oh, "I caught you," and smiling that the, they're finally resting. And her dad goes, "Yeah, I knew you would." And she goes, "Oh, you used to take me here when I was a kid." He goes, "Yep, yeah." And she's like, "Oh, that was ages ago." He's like, "Nah." It was just yesterday. And then the camera, it has her leaning on her dad and his dad, her dad's arm is around her. And then it cuts to like it. She fades out and a younger version of her fades in uh, with the uh, right as he says, it was just yesterday. And then the episode cuts to black. And it's stuff like that where it's like this very real feeling of not only are you seeing like a, a parent coming to grips with her parents mortality but also her dad remembering all the good times they had when she was a kid it's right that's all done within the guise of this cute little seven to eight minute cartoon right right so this is where i I think it's got a lot of well what i would say is season one through four of thomas so much uh you know who george carlin is yes like the most foul mouth you know he narrated the first four seasons for the yep. americans <laughs> yep and the reason he said he did it is that the morals were not just blatantly stated or shoved down the kid's throat but it was there for the kid to 
figure out and for the parents to also have a joke here or there but it just you know it was massaged softly you know it's the kid has to understand and figure it out and that what that's what makes a big difference um there's an episode called uh scrapped and death was a big part in the show right and it's something that all the engines feared because it was written in a basis of reality you know steam engines don't really exist nowadays yeah and the episode scrapped goes back to you ever heard of dr beeching no Dr. Beeching is the one who prioritized dieselization for all of England. Okay. So basically in the 50s and 60s, there was just a mass scrapping of everything that wasn't a diesel locomotive. Okay. And there's an, there's an engine who's running away from the mainland, which is supposed to be England, to this, you know, the fictional island. And he gets rescued by one of the other engines who happens to be visiting. Okay. And that's where it's blending in a bit of, you know, reality that the parents will understand of, oh, that's what this is supposed to be referencing. Huh. That's and the kids just see this. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good YouTuber called uh, The Unlucky Tug. He mm-hmm. does like deep dives into it and the production history, which, you know, we we're talking about earlier uh, doing stunts and whatnot. These guys, you know, when they were producing it, it's all done with physical props. Yeah. There is no CGI. So everything's done, you know, they, they have to make everything, which makes it, when you watch it as an adult, you really appreciate that. I might have to the other, Sorry, The other on. one about, oh, okay. The other one about, uh, you know, really respecting death in a kid's show. Uh, there's another one. It's a sister series of Thomas that no one talks about. It was only aired for one season, and it's called Tugs. Hmm. And it's about tugboats. Say, so same anthropomorphic idea, right? Yeah. And uh, in one of the episodes called Munitions, there's a like a it was really like a way for the the modelers to show off right like the docks that the tugs work at essentially just explodes and i mean like again practical effects big fiery yeah, explosions in yeah. a kid's shows you could tell it's the 80s right you know but <laughs> they didn't care so much about traumatizing children nah they're fine but yeah but one of the cranes that works in the harbor who has a personality and has talked to the tugs for the last couple episodes its name is big mickey and big mickey falls in the harbor and drowns Wow! Like he 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 never comes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all like Big Mickey saved the day, and it's like, man, that was a gutsy move. I'm glad he did that to save all of us. And you don't talk about somebody in that you know in the tone that they're using, unless they're dead. Yep. So, I, it's, so but I, it's wild though. Yeah, it's wild what kids shows will, like, especially well written ones and. Uh, like what is it we even watch like my daughter likes blues clues and while that doesn't really necessarily cover any heavy topics it is still like a honestly i'm surprised by how enjoyable it still is even as an adult like it's definitely not like anything groundbreaking for me now but like as an adult watching it i'm like this actually feels like they're learning something as opposed to we've tried like barney and god damn anyone who everyone who made i and i used to love barney too man that was one of my favorites as a kid but i've we tried watch showing her one episode and it was like torture watching it it was awful i know you're busy if you have time and this goes to the audience as well if you've enjoyed this part of the conversation just curious uh the youtuber i'm talking about is the unlucky tug does great deep dives into how it was produced and uh what was going on at the time but just go rewatch what they call the classic series which is season one through four of Thomas, they're only like four and a half minutes each, and really, you will just be, yeah, that's all the episode links are. I 
did not know. I thought they would have been like long. I mean, it makes sense. I would have been a, an expensive yeah. bit of production for it. Oh, it's it was extremely expensive from what you know from what I've seen, and it's just the fact that again they had to scratch build everything. Yeah, I'm none going of those. To try to find where you can watch it online for free. <laughs> uh, YouTube. A lot of people have uploaded the episodes. Oh, uh, okay. You can also watch it. You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video, apparently, if you have that. I don't yeah. know how many seasons are available of it, but they have it. I wouldn't know either. But um, so what I do know is that eventually, I think it's in like season twelve of Thomas, which is at twenty-five in total before all engines go. Um, which I know this makes me sound really weird because I don't have kids and I keep up no, with this, don't. but it's a big part of my childhood. Dude, and I, you I don't. Love, I, I, love I watch before my kid was born. <laughs> Granted, my wife was pregnant, but still, I, I don't begrudge anyone. Uh, the Busy World of Richard Scary, I binge-watched okay. the entire series because I love that show. But uh, they had a writer come back in, I think, season 19 or 18. Mm-hmm. And he was a writer in series four through six, Andrew Brenner. And he took the show from what it became to was like, you know, mundane kid show drivel. We're like, oh, power of friendship and, you know, all that. And then he brought it back to the classic series level of writing for a couple of seasons. They call it the uh, the Renaissance era of the show. That wait, and sorry, which show this again? Just to make sure. I'm still, re- still Thomas. Still Thomas. OK, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, because it's at 25 seasons or something like that. But the, think about it, it's been around for 80 years. It's yeah. Wild. Because, well, like you said, it was a book show, a book series, excuse yeah. me. Um, the, yeah, I love shows. I love when kids' shows are able to uh, comment or find ways to talk about tough topics like that in, in good and sensitive ways, too. Um, right. Without, without, you know, just going off on Bluey again. Um, there's an episode somewhat recently released in the U.S. for the first time uh, that in, deals with infertility. And it's yeah. it's amazing how they handle it. It's not either, that one doesn't obviously doesn't necessarily speak to me uh, on a personal level, but there are other episodes that you know I mentioned the one with Granddad. There is there's one that goes through like the entire evolution of human and per, like human history with like a parent child relationship happening at the same time, and right. it kind of it goes through the, it's i can't even describe it it's just nuts it's i can't even well that's put into words that's the thing and that's that's why these kind of shows need to be held up so high because they don't downplay the kids they just they treat them like adults and that's that's what's going to make them like long standards you know yeah and i i hope that they continue not just bluey but like i hope shows are able to make i hope there are more shows like bluey or apparently now thomas i had no idea i have not watched <laughs> thomas in years i used to have the like the toys i love them as oh, a yeah. kid, but um that you know we were t- mentioning before what's a, a topic we could do a podcast on kids cartoons i love we could do like, one there's kids cartoons. there's an episode there's an episode in um season four and this is how nerdy i get about this about uh <laughs> in thomas where uh there's a, there's a real so the preface is real quick there's a real railway in uh wales called the tally Glen. Mm-hmm. that the guy who wrote the stories for thomas the reverend wilbert audrey he wrote about it and he you know he named them and made them you know fictional characters obviously but this railway does exist it still exists and he would volunteer and work there on the weekends sometimes and there's a story in one of the shows where one of the engines leaves the uh, refreshment lady behind at the station 
and that story to be, you know, again, grounded in reality, it was him. He was the guard that day, and he left a refreshment lady behind. <laughs> he thought she was on the train, and he told it it could go ahead. And then he looks back and sees her running down the platform. Oh, God. <laughs> Did she make it back on the train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got it to stop, so, okay. you know, she ended up getting on it. She she apparently was very mad at him. I would be, too. I would be, too. <laughs> There you go. We have our, our, our alt uh, podcast, right? It's yeah. uh, children's media. That's actually good. <laughs> I was trying to think of a name, a combination of like the game club podcast and still loading, but it just nothing would really work for a kid's show. Like uh, still loading childhood memories. Yeah. But I mean, I, man, that's, you just included my full <laughs> podcast name on it. Like, so normally like for my James Bond one, it's called still bonding. Mm-hmm. So stuff like, like, so I, I try to find some pun with it though. I, I want to do when this when all the James Bond movies are done for my Patreon, I want to switch over to Fast and Furious and I'll call it Still Family, and I'll <laughs> <laughs> and That's I will close good. every episode with Dom's monologue from Fast Five where he's like the, the you know money will come and go we all know that but the people who are here right are here in this room and i'll say here in this pod right here right now our family or something whatever the i don't have it written down in front of me but i'm going to close every episode with a version of that monologue oh that's that's excellent i have it for you though still nostalgic uh club but still still nostalgic i think i think just loading loading nostalgic club i think still nostalgic it just works just that yeah, like uh, still nostalgic club. I feel like is a little bit too long. Still nostalgic, just it, there you it's go. everything right there. But yeah, um, I don't have any other questions for you, man. We've gone all over the place. We've covered <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine to August Burns Red to uh, um, anime and whatnot. So uh, thank you for having oh, me on, dude. Uh, abs- absolutely, I love, I love absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you had such a great time. Uh, one more time, could you tell everybody? If they're still listening after our conversation at children's <laughs> shows. <laughs> if they're not, then they're not true fans. I'm just going to say it right now. Oh, oh, absolutely. I agree. Throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> One more time. Who are you? Where can everybody find you? Uh, my name is Josh. Unfortunately, no, I'm Josh. I'm the host of the Still Loading <laughs> Podcast. Um, video game grab bag podcast covers a little bit of everything you can follow me on facebook twitter instagram uh blue sky and i refuse to call twitter the other place it's still twitter always will be twitter um twitter instagram blue sky threads twitch at still loading pod on all of them youtube is at still loading podcast all that good stuff you can find me there um yeah dude slate thank you so much for having me on this was a lot of fun and i had a great time I'm I'm glad I'm glad that's like I said this is I think my favorite show that we do to be honest because just getting to talk to everybody and see so many different opinions and I never know where the conversations are going to go plus where else are you going to get to talk Thomas the Tank Engine nowhere nowhere else Uh, my girlfriend begrudgingly listening to me occasionally when uh, (laughs) something pops in my head and you know you get that ADHD hyperfixation yeah Well, thank you all so much for listening. Josh, thank you again for coming on. And I will see you all in the next episode.